When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, Faithful, how is everybody doing? It is wonderful to be with you today, and I've got a fun one. Uh, A really fun episode for you guys. Put a lot of work into this one. Uh, Much more than normal one. What I wanted to do, we're going to get to some news. We're going to get to some of the stuff that's going on um, with the NFL and how they're trying their hardest to create this season, which everybody thought was going to happen. Then it kind of backtracked and, you know, with the way the country's going now with the rise in COVID and all those things, but there's some new developments there. We're going to talk about those, but this entire episode is going to revolve around this concept that a lot of GMs buy into, and that is blue and red chip players. I'm going to define what that is and all those things, but the whole podcast idea got started by one of the greats in the NFL, and that's Scott Pioli. You know, five-time, I believe, five-time general manager of the year. You know, he's with the Patriots, and he's with the Colts. Uh, he was with the Chiefs. He's, he's all over the place. But the simple concept is this. In order to have a Super Bowl-caliber roster, it is dependent upon talent. Yes, coaching matters, and he even figures that into his construct. And basically, he says this. In order to be an NFL-caliber team, you have to have 12 to 15, at minimum, players that fit into this blue or red chip analysis. So, And what is that, okay? Uh, A blue chip player is anybody that's in the top six, or sorry, top 10 of their position, top six head coaches. And then a red chip player is anybody in the top 15 of their respective positions. So what I did, uh, because I'm stupid and crazy, I went through (laughs) the entire NFL and I started ranking players. Um, through position groups. Well, I, I won't tell you how many I have ranked, but it is over 400 currently across all p- positional platforms um, using different things, metrics like pro football focus, stats, you know, just different analytics, you know, all that kind of stuff. And this is throwing contracts out the window. This isn't a contract discussion. This isn't a what you have done discussion. This is, you know, if I was going to sit down and pick the best players for the 2020 NFL season alone, okay, again, not what you're going to develop into, what you are right now, 
that is the entire argument that we're going to be operating under. So, um, again, blue chip top 10 at their position, red chip top 15 at their position. And we're going to go through and try to figure out, you know, every single position group and where the 49ers fit. That's kind of the goal of this entire podcast. And we're going to see now we, we obviously, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, the 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year and were six minutes away from winning it. So they definitely are close to that, but there has been some transition um, between 2019 and the upcoming 2020 season. So, you know, step back from you know where we're at and just try to get the whole picture, see the whole forest, see all of the trees together and what the, the picture that they have put together, the front office, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for this team for the 2020 season because, uh, you know, the Rams have shown us it's not about what you did. Uh, you can keep pretty much the same roster and not make it back. So what is it about the 49ers that is special or not so special from a talent perspective? That's what we're going to be doing today. So uh, just want to say thank you guys for joining me. Really do appreciate it. As always, please hit that upvote. That is, uh, you know, whether it's the thumbs up, the share button, uh, whatever it is you want to do, uh, that helps us out the most as always. Um, and, of course, we appreciate all that you guys do for us. We're in the dead period, which is a bummer, but... Hey, man, we, we got a chance to talk football. I, I can't miss that. And I do want to just real quickly say there's still a month left of free Patreon. Um, if you haven't already joined us, you should go do that. And I want to give a shout-out to Austin, uh, Duran, Mary, Alex, Ryan, uh, the recent, the five most recent people that joined us on Patreon. Here's what you do. Go to patreon.com, type in 49ers Rush Podcast, hit subscribe, do that Frank Gore tier. Usually it's $8 a month, um, but I have made it completely free free so you sign up for the eight dollars a month but it's free you're not going to get charged until august 1st um and again if you want to try it out and you don't like it you can unsubscribe it won't cost you a penny um because i paused all billing i want to give everybody an opportunity to go see some of the breakdowns which we have 95 plus posts uh, i think we're right at 100 now uh the last poll i put up was which player breakdown do you want next and the most votes went to emmanuel mosley which I've been working on for the past three days. And I'm about ready to film that after going through every single snap that he has taken. So uh, it'll be about a 40-minute Emmanuel Mosley-only breakdown that will be coming later on this week. Um, so head over there if you have not done so already. It is the best way to support the pod. And I don't... I going to be a little selfish here um I, I i'm not sure you can find many 40 minute breakdowns and play-by-play with coaches film all 22 on emmanuel mosley i don't think there's a lot out there um but if you have any other ideas or breakdowns or concepts that you want broken down i got you uh, <laughs> i do whatever it is y'all want so if you have any ideas please share those i will get those over to you uh do want to say thank you for the countdown crew got lots of people i see you marco um you know whether you're with us on the hot mic app or youtube wherever it is Sergio's back uh, great to be with you guys and so here's the deal we are in the dead period and so there are fewer podcasts going on because there's not a lot of information out there we are given we have a giveaway um, next week so <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of chances to get in here but all you have to do is hashtag CC for the countdown crew anytime the countdown is starting when we go live so if you haven't already subscribed to the live, um, you know, notification bell on YouTube or Hot Mic, do so because we're giving away that awesome drawing of Brandon Ayuk. If you missed that, go back watch the last episode. It's absolutely incredible. Go subscribe to Aether Art, uh, the A E T H E R. They do a hell of a job. And so yeah, so let's go into uh, some new developments because the NFL came out and said, "Look, training camps. We finally got our date." Uh, obviously everything is so different now, but they went ahead and gave NFL teams their dates that they can start training camp. And that's July 28th, almost a month today. Uh, I'm recording this on the 29th of June. So July 28th, one month from now, football void will be over. <laughs> we'll get into training camp reports, roster analysis, players on the bubble position battles. We got one month guys. Um, so super excited about that. Now, rookies are allowed to show up earlier um, as they usually do rookies show up three to five days beforehand uh, that's going to take place as well now some other developments as far as how to handle the covid whatever you want to call it a um, couple things one they're going to be covering every nfl stadium the first five to six rows in a tarp um, closest to the stadium that way players and fans don't mix there's just a little bit extra buffer zone there and all that kind of stuff now uh, interesting to note is they're going to be selling 
um, sponsorships to cover those tarps. If you've seen, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take a shot here. Like, for example, the Raiders in the hole, they could not sell enough tickets for the high-rise seat. So what they did is they just covered that and put a big in emblem for the Raiders on there. Would well, be like that, except it's going to help with revenue. And here's why this is important for fans. The 2021 salary cap more than likely is going to drop. We haven't had the salary cap drop in over 20-plus years, but salary cap is dependent upon revenue. Now, the problem is, because of COVID, you're not going to be able to sell a full <laughs> sold-out stadium, especially in California. Uh, some states might uh, do that, but uh, whatever. Um, so you're going to lose some revenue because ticket sales make up, obviously, a giant chunk of that. So the salary cap is going to drop. That's going to affect George Kittle. That's going to affect all these new resignings, all these you know players that are going to become free agents because NFL teams are not quite sure how much they're going to be able to spend for the following year. Now... The NFL has done this in the past where they borrow from future years to kind of level out the salary cap. So I don't think the drop's going to be that significant, but it does show that the NFL is being very proactive to make up this revenue. I'm sure their TV deals are going to be huge. Uh, for example, NFL Network backed out a sling uh, because they're trying to renegotiate all these different things. So hopefully they get all this worked out um, before the NFL season because the money is a big deal. When the NFL makes a lot of money, the product on the field is better, and the salary caps improve, which is all good for fans, and that's what's important. Now, one thing that I hate that the NFL decided to do is for preseason games only, they are going to allow the home team to determine how many uh, seats they can fill. So, for example, the 49ers in Santa Clara, probably one of the worst hit areas from start to finish um, of the COVID disease. There's no way, or the virus, there's no way the 49ers in Levi's Stadium are going to be able to sell out. They're, you can't do that right now. Now, there's going to be some places like Green Bay, um, you know, whether it's Florida or wherever, where there are very low limitations from a city standpoint on what you can and can't do. Um, so this means that there's going to be some teams that are at one-third capacity, and there's going to be other teams that are at full capacity. And right now the NFL is saying, hey, Wherever your team <laughs> is located, you follow those guidelines, and we'll, that's just what it's going to be. Now, this is just for the preseason. They haven't said anything for the regular season, but here's why I don't like it. It's 100% not competitive, okay? And the competitive balance that the NFL has been uh, paramount for them because they want parity. They don't want it to be where some teams like baseball, the Yankees, can just spend whatever they want. They want an equal footing where teams can compete. Um, you're going to lose that if, for example, Kansas City, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL, and the defending Super Bowl champs, they're allowed to have a sold-out, crazy loud stadium every single week that they're at home, and then you travel to Seattle or uh, San Francisco or Los Angeles, and they're at a third to a fourth capacity, maybe even less than that. Um, it's going to affect games. Now, again, this is just for the preseason, so it is kind of a let's see how it goes, and then they'll kind of adjust, but it, I don't like it. <laughs> I really don't like it. It kind of goes against what the NFL has been doing across all platforms, but uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen there. And also, the Hall of Fame game, which is typically the start of the season. They have just delayed the 2020 Hall of Fame game completely until 2021. So they have completely postponed it by an entire year, which means a couple things. One, there's not going to be any Hall of Fame inductees this year, which hurts because the 49ers have two available options. Uh, Patrick Willis and John Lynch. John Lynch uh, probably more likely going to get in with the next vote, especially after what he was able to do uh, this past year as GM of the year. Now, so in 2021, they're going to double up the class. So there is no Hall of Fame game. There is no Hall of Fame inductees. There are no finalists this year. Uh, Bryant Young also. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave him off that list. Bryant Young was in a uh, finalist as well for that. So three different 49ers and Roger Craig, of course, who's been on the list for a long time. But it does let you know the NFL is taking something serious, but not when it comes to revenue. When it comes to revenue, they're full speed ahead. Um, so kind of take that for what you will. Uh, but uh, those are some interesting developments. I'm sure we'll hear, hear more, especially, you know, one of the things to pay attention to, two of the things, is the NBA in Orlando, which they're about to get started, and also baseball. 
as a football fan, what you want, you want them to go through baseball and basketball with no giant flare-ups, okay? If you want your NFL season, which I do, I want it more than anything, okay? I'm struggling right now, and here's the deal. If you want a football season, just wear a damn mask. If you want a football season, just wear a mask. That's what it's got to be. Hopefully, basketball and baseball goes without a hitch, but if we can get these numbers down, we can have football. If we can't get the numbers down, we're not going to have a football season. Uh, or there won't be fans. Uh, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Now, let's jump into okay this roster analysis and let's talk about this. Okay, so again, this is Scott Pioli. He just recently started a brand new podcast. It's called the uh, Football Life. It's very very good. Just type in Scott Pioli wherever you listen to podcast now it's not the most entertaining he's not a dynamic speaker by any stretch but his podcasts are about two hours long and he just goes through and tells stories from the past and this guy has you know worked with bill belichick he's been around marv levy all these different great franchises but go go check it out it's awesome if you love the behind the scenes part of football it's it's incredible but again it's very monotone it's very boring but the information is just thick it's steak it's all steak and he kept going through this concept, you know, and he talked about the different places he was at and how, oh, man, you know, we're only a player or two away. The owner would tell him, you know, we're a player or two away from winning the Super Bowl. And he would talk about how, no, we're not. We're five players away, actually, to be exact, because this concept is very pervasive throughout front offices. And it's a simple concept. Blue chip players, top 10 at their position level and red chip players, top 15 um players at their position group that is what you need you need talent you can scheme whatever you want and i think kyle shanahan is incredible okay he's i have him as a blue chip head coach um but you have to have talent you know you look at what the 49ers did whenever they first arrived you know you had the two win season the four win or five win season it was bad and so you have to kind of move forward with that so let's go through the offense now And let's talk about these. And I have all these players rated inside and out, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So let's start with the offensive red chip players, okay? So these are top 15, not top 10. And we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Um, Offensive guard is where it's going to start out. I have Lakin Tomlinson close. He barely made the cut. Uh, I have him as the 15th best offensive guard. Now, the things that make Lakin great, he never misses a snap. He's smart as hell. Uh, he's just the Iron Man on that offensive line. Everybody else misses time. He's just there playing and play out and does a hell of a job. Uh, one of the best steals that the 49ers had was the trade uh, to get Lakin Tomlinson from Detroit. I have no idea why they couldn't make that kid work there, but whatever. Lakin Tomlinson, 15, that's our first red chip player on offense. And then Mike McGlinchey, who I have as number 13. Now, This is rough because some positions are easier to make than the other. Offensive tackle is an example because there's left tackles and right tackles. And I decided as I was going through this, man, do I do top 15 left tackles and top 15 right tackles? I said no. In today's NFL, they're almost interchangeable. (laughs) I mean, you you don't have to look farther than Daniel Brunskill, who played left tackle, right tackle, and right guard in one season, in his first season in the NFL. So you, I really do like to combine them. I know that they're different. It's a different makeup for a left tackle than a right tackle. And even though Mike McGlinchey plays on the right side, guess what? He is the prototypical build and playing style that you would typically want on the left tackle side, left side. But, you know, whenever he was drafted, we had Joe Staley, who is probably the most athletic left tackle in the history of the NFL. And then he retires, and then you bring in Silverback, which, again, uh, you might be able to say is the top four most athletic left tackles um, in NFL history. Both of those two guys, I mean, it's very strange to (laughs) have those as your two left tackles uh, whenever you're drafted. So I had McGlinchey at 13. Um, now running back and people are going to get really, really upset about this one. And I just tweeted out, if you do follow me on Twitter still one, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. Um, but I just tweeted out the top 75 running backs in the NFL for the 2020 season. So I went through and I just, I couldn't stop and I just kept going who are these top kind of, you know, whatever. And here's what I came up with. 
All right, let's start from the bottom up just on 49ers, guys. Uh, I had Jeff Wilson at 62 overall. Uh, I really like Jeff Wilson's game. You know, he obviously scores a lot of touchdowns. That's great. Uh, Excited to see what he's going to be doing this year. I had Tevin Coleman at 48. You guys listen to this podcast. You know, not a Tevin Coleman guy. (laughs) But uh, his speed and his big play potential is huge. I have him at 48. Now I have Jarek McKinnon at 40. He hasn't played in basically two years. Now, hopefully, he will be able to play this year. And I'm telling you right now, if Jarek McKinnon makes it through training camp and the preseason and is ready to go, I'm telling you, there's a strong chance that Tevin Coleman can be cut because he's going to bring about $5 million back into the cap, which the 49ers desperately need as they're trying to get this um, George Kittle situation signed. So I have Jarek McKinnon at 40th, and then you got to jump up all the way to number 14. And that's where I got Raheem Mostert. Now, um, you know, I put this list out today, and the most common comments I got, why is Raheem Mostert so low? I love Raheem. I think that he is great. I wish he was the starter for the 49ers. I have him as the 14th best running back. Here's what's crazy. Raheem Mostert, guess how many NFL starts he has in his career? Zero. He's never started a game at the running back position. Ever. Uh, This is the same Raheem Mostert that didn't get one carry in this first quarter of the Super Bowl. Breaks my heart. I, I think that Raheem Mostert could be a top 10 running back, but who do you put him ahead? You've got guys like Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Kamara, Henry, Elliott, Barkley, McCaffrey. I don't think you can put him above those guys. You know, he hasn't even had a full season yet. He only had, he didn't even have 800 rushing yards in the regular season last year. Now, his yards per carry, unbelievable. We saw what he did in the playoffs. Holy cow. Uh, they should rename uh, the, the new mascot for the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers should be Raheem Mostert. But I don't feel comfortable moving him ahead of those guys yet. Um, Talent-wise, I see it. You know, this is a guy that bounced around the NFL a lot. But Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him for some reason. I don't know why. I think Kyle Shanahan just sees it as, I just want this guy getting 8 to 10 carries a game, and that's it. Um, Maybe different in the playoffs whenever there's not that much, uh, you know, you got to get it all out there. But we haven't seen it yet. But, uh, you know, I have him at 14. I would love for him to jump up. I think he could, but Kyle Shanahan, for some reason, just doesn't trust him or he's in love with Tevin Coleman. I don't get it. Um, Take that for what you will. Now, here's another one. Kyle Juszczyk. He's the number one fullback, but guess what? There's not 15 fullbacks in the NFL. So I counted Kyle Juszczyk as a one, um, but I counted him in the red, the top 15, just because I thought it was a little bit different there. Um, And and that kind of makes it, I I know it's cheating a little bit, but I just didn't feel comfortable putting him in the blue chip category because of the position he's in. It's kind of like counting, um, I don't don't know how to say this, a punter in the top, which we don't have a top 15 punter. We don't have a top 30 punter, but that's okay. Uh, I love Mitch. Hopefully he takes a huge step up. Now, before I get to the blue chip players on offense, I'm going to spend a lot more time on them, obviously. I do want to take a part, and we've been doing this um, since the 49ers Rush podcast came back from our you know two-and-a-half-week hiatus, um, focusing on a different um, organization or charity that is designed to help the youth in local communities um, benefit their situation. And today what I want to do is... I want to highlight, I love it, Alive and Free. And here's what's great about this one. It was started in San Francisco. Um, And here's their kind of motto, the prescription to end violence and change lives. Transform the lives of young people um, by treating violence like a disease. Uh, Separate programs for youth, adults, schools. They go into schools and daycares and all these different things and educate. Started right here in San Francisco. And and here's another thing that they believe in. Empowering the youth to avoid peer pressure, You know, as a teacher, I see this all the damn time. Situations that lead to violence, incarceration, or other negative outcomes like drug addiction and dropping out of school. Live and Free is about getting on and staying on the right track. So the 49ers Rush podcast has already given to this organization. Um, I, I and my family have given as well. It's stavealiveandfree.org. I also have the 
link um, in the description of the YouTube and podcast and all that stuff. Uh, if you're listening on Hot Mike, just stay al- stay alive and free.org. Go check it out. It's an amazing program, and it, I cannot stress this enough. If you want to make a difference, focus locally and always focus on kids. Um, I'm a teacher. I'm biased. I get it. But uh, if you want to help people, this is a tremendous way to do that, um, especially with all the social unrest that's going on now. It's it's organizations like this that are going to make a difference. That is stayaliveandfree.org. Go help them out. All right, let's jump back to offense, and let's talk about the blue chip players on offense. These are the top 10 at their position. Now, you notice I haven't said Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Well, guess what? I have him here. I currently have Jimmy Garoppolo as the ninth quarterback in the NFL. Now, he's probably one of the most polarizing players in the entire NFL. I mean, there's a lot of 49ers fan base and writers that can't stand him. And there's a lot of people that think he's the greatest thing in the world. I might be a little bit in between. I have him number nine. Here are the quarterbacks I have ahead of him. This is my uh, top-ranked quarterbacks, number one to number nine. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, one. Russell Wilson, two. Deshaun Watson, three. Lamar Jackson, four. A lot of people got upset because I had Deshaun Watson over Lamar. I think they're both great. Uh, Lamar hasn't won a playoff game yet. Obviously, that MVP season was great. uh, But Deshaun Watson, I feel like, has been way more consistent Um, and I personally would prefer to have Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson, Uh, but that's just me at this point. That could change. They're both amazing. Uh, Number five, Aaron Rodgers. Number six, Drew Brees. Seven, Dak Prescott. Eight, Carson Wentz. And then number nine, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, everybody's pissed off right now at me. Whether you love them or you hate them, you don't like where I have them, and that's okay. Uh, I don't mind pissing people off. Just ask my wife. I'm very good at it. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, we went on a date uh, two days ago, and I wanted to bring my football. So I we went on a walking date and went and had dinner, and I brought my football with me, and she got upset at me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wanted my football. It's what it is. It's what it is. So let's talk through Jimmy Garoppolo, and let's spend some time on this because I think there's lots of different ways to measure a quarterback. And it's not all stats, and it's not all wins. You can't do that. Um, because if that's the case, Trent Dilfer is a hell of a quarterback, and he's not. He, he's a decent quarterback. Uh, decent is probably the nicest way to put it. But whenever you look at the numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo and just what he did last year, he's only started one full year. Um, he has fewer starts than Baker Mayfield. But here's the thing that separates him from all these different quarterbacks is, one, efficiency, and when the game is on the line, and you can't say this in the Super Bowl, unfortunately. When the game is on the line, there's nobody better than him. Um, he led the entire NFL in fourth quarter comebacks with four. Him, Russell Wilson, and Josh Allen all had four. Game-winning drives, he was second with four uh, behind Russell Wilson. And so whenever the game was on the line, guess what? He was huge. Now whenever you look at just everyday stats, completion percentage, okay? 69.1, nice. Uh, fourth best in the NFL. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, is setting a new record almost every year. He had 74%, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo right at that 70-point threshold is crazy good. Now, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting, because whenever you, obviously the 49ers have a much more run-heavy offense than most teams. And so, you know, Jimmy's not out there throwing the ball like crazy. Uh, he was 19th in the NFL in passing attempts, But whenever you look at how efficient he was with his completion percentage, again, as I said, he was was better than 19th in almost every statistical category. Yards, 12th. Touchdowns, 6th, right? Uh, Now, his interceptions, that's a problem (laughs) because he had 13 interceptions, which was 8th worst. And I I get that people, you look at fumbles and you look at interceptions, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to get that fixed. And I think that's why he's at 9th and not higher. Because as you look through this list, passing first downs, he's seventh. Yards per attempt, he's third. He's ahead of Patrick Mahomes in yards per attempt. That makes zero sense, right? So big play capabilities. And, you know, I I think that the people on the opposite side and what I'm trying to do is Try to understand both sides, okay? The Jimmy G haters and the lovers. Why do people hate Jimmy G? Well, they say, well, it's Kyle Shanahan and Nick Mullins, and we've been able to see all these great things happen from other quarterbacks. Well, the thing that you haven't seen from other quarterbacks is wins. 
The dude went 13-3 and and got you to the Super Bowl in his first year starting. That's got to count for almost everything. Uh, at the end of the day, you want to win. Uh, quarterback rating, he's number eight. So you try to find a category that would push Jimmy G outside of the top ten. You got to focus on interceptions, and I think that's a valid argument. I get it. But at the end of the day, you don't lead the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks and you know passing attempts per yard, which he was third in, and not be a top ten quarterback. It's a perfect fit. Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shannon, they're a perfect fit. And I expect him to improve. And if he can understand and make better decisions, then I think better things will come in the future. But I, I think we've seen the floor of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if we knew we were going to get 27 touchdowns and just under 4,000 yards and win 13 games, you'd take that every single year for the rest of your life. So Jimmy Garoppolo, I have him as number nine. Trent Williams, I got at number seven. And this, again, another rough one. It's 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 really difficult to rate Trent Williams among other tackles when Trent Williams hasn't played in a year and a half. So he gets knocked for that. I, I think if you know Trent Williams at the top of his game, I'd put him number four on this list. Um, you know, I've got Teron Armstead, Mitchell Schwartz, Ronnie Stanley, Lane Johnson, Tyron Smith. You know, Ryan Ramchek, uh, those are the guys that I have ahead of them. I don't even have Larry Tum- Laramie Tumsel ahead of him. I think that Trent Williams is better than him day one whenever he suits up for the 49ers. But I do expect Trent Williams to climb this list for for next year. But he's still a blue-chip guy, even if he's been off for a year and a half. He passes physical, which is a huge deal. It kind of slid through the news. Um People weren't making a big deal of it. I was like, hey, this is huge. Trent Williams is he's healthy. This is a big deal. Um, and then the last blue chip player on offense is George Kittle at the tight end position. Number one, um, not close. You look at all pro voting. Uh, he had 33 votes. Travis Kelsey got 17. They're both great. They're both great. Um, but uh, also another real quick thing. I didn't even want to think about bringing this up, but it just flashed across my thing. Uh, you know, I'm part of Blue Wire sports network podcasting they just brought on greg olson for a seven-part series and what he's going to be doing is interviewing seven great tight ends in the past and the future and he's doing a full episode with george kittle so uh, pay attention to that i'm really excited about that i think that's going to be pretty great so if we look at offense okay the guys i didn't have making it Western Richburg, I have him as the 21, 21st best center. He just can't stay healthy, uh, you know, whenever I'm putting my list together. I, I just can't I can't put him ahead of all these other guys. I, I just can't do it. And Debo Samuel, I have at 20. I love Debo Samuel. Could he be a top 15 guy? Yes. But is do I have him rated above, you know, Kenny Galladay, who's 15th? No. Odell Beckham, who's 14th? No. Adam Thielen? No. He's not there yet. Hopefully he can be. Uh, but I have him number 20 and the wide receiver. That is just such a deep position. You know, you, you look at wide receivers, it's crazy. Uh, there's so much talent there, a lot of talent there. So, all right, before we jump over to the defense, I want to take a quick break uh, just to thank our sponsors and allow betonline.ag. Here we go. I just want to give a real quick shout-out to our sponsor. I love this betonline.ag these guys are awesome they have supported the uh, podcast and all of blue wire podcasts for a while now they are a great company and here's the deal with currently no nba nhl mlb football whatever you there's no sports we get it but here's the deal you can still go out and bet um our exclusive partner betonline.ag still has hundreds of events games props to wager on from their online casinos to poker blackjack they're bringing vegas to you now, uh, if you're missing the NFL, um, no problem. They have live daily, every single day, Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. So you can still bet on TV shows like Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, all those things, stock prices, religion, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can bet on everything. BetOnline.ag. It's open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. So head over there. Here's the deal. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, one word, BLUEWIRE, to join today. Receive your new welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online wagering solution. Head over there. Sign up now. 
All right, welcome back. I uh, love our sponsors, man. I appreciate all that they do. And if you guys have questions and comments, um, as always, I, I, got, I got to get better at saying this. Leave it in the comments. Uh, tag me, at John Chapman. And at the end of this episode, I'll run through some of the questions on Hot Mike uh, first and then YouTube as well. So uh, those options are out there. And again, if you haven't already shared, please share. Uh, that That is what helps the podcast out the most. So let's, let's pay attention to defense now. And again, let's work bottom up. Uh, let's look at our red chip players. Whenever we let's start at the bottom, uh, the edge position. I had Eric Armstead as the fifteenth best edge, and it, again, wide receiver edge. These are loaded <laughs> positions, and I have Eric Armstead at fifteen. You know, you look at the people I have Eric Armstead ahead of. I have him ahead of Daniel Hunter. Max Crosby, Brandon Graham, Frank Clark. And I know I'm a lot of people would put Frank Clark ahead of him now. Frank had a relatively bad year statistic-wise. But here's the thing that separates Eric Armstead from most of the edge players. Yeah, he's a double-digit sack guy. He wasn't this past year. But I think that he is much more in the mold of Cam Jordan than a lot of the edge pass rush first guys. Because Eric Armstead, I think, is a top three run defenders in the entire league. Um, Eric Armstead's up there. So I, I think that he is great. Cam Jordan, you, you can make an argument. Cam Jordan's the best edge player in the NFL right now. He's getting older, but uh, Cam Jordan's for real. And I think Eric Armstead, that is his uh, kind of ceiling. I think he can get to that. But, you know, he's put up one really good year and then one great year. And so, yeah, I think he deserved the contract that he got. Uh, really, really excited for his future. I love um, that we got to keep him. I really, really am. Uh, now, also at the safety position, this is one that's not stacked. Uh, I had Jimmy Ward 14, which surprised the hell out of me. Uh, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Ward guy. I, I like him. I love the way he plays. I, I love him as a teammate and his work ethic and all those things. I just love turnovers, and Jimmy Ward can't create them to save his life. And so, you know, I'm going through and I'm labeling all these safeties and who's where and all that stuff. Man, Jimmy Ward landed at 14. You know, we look at Joukowsky Tart. He was nowhere near the list for me. I had him at 29, uh, considerably lower. But Jimmy Ward landed at 14, just behind Harrison Smith, Eddie Jackson, Devin McCourty, and then Tyron Matthew. Um, so, again, we got two red chip guys there. And then we move to the slot corner position, which, again, I just did all corners. This isn't even nickel corners. I still had... Kwan Williams making this um, at number 13 overall. That's all corners. That's not outside corners. And I tried to follow the same type of voting metric that the AP all pro team or writers use. Um, I, I'm telling you right now, uh, Kwan Williams is probably going to be his last year with the 49ers. You know, I hope he stays, but this dude's going to get paid. And he's a guy that hasn't made much money in his career. And, you know, I, I do want to take a second. Because there's a lot of Kittle talk on Twitter and all these different things. And here's the thing that you have to understand. Once a player has amassed wealth, then I get, you know, Tom Brady taking all those team-friendly deals for 10 years straight. I get it. He's got money. <laughs> He's loaded. Well, then you look at people like, you know, George Kittle or Kwan Williams. These are guys that have not made money. <laughs> they haven't made it. And so for us as fans... To sit back and say, oh, he should give them a discount. I disagree completely. Now, once a player has gone through you know, and signed a lucrative deal, then you, I think that that's an argument. I still don't think it holds up, but I understand that. Somebody like Richard Sherman who's made you know, multi-million dollars, whatever. Whatever, if that's your philosophy. But to say that for somebody like a Kwan Williams or a George Kittle who has the opportunity to get generational wealth and to provide for his family for a long time, um, I personally do not think they should give hometown discounts. Um, now, you look at Eric Armstead, who did give a little bit of a discount, but he wanted to stay because of his charity and his wife is a doctor here and all these different things. And so, like, that makes sense. So you can get paid... And uh, it's a win-win. That's usually what you want. But for guys like Kittle, who a fifth-round tight end, he is not made. <laughs> he is not a quote-unquote millionaire. That's just not a thing uh, yet. Uh, hopefully, he will get that point. But anyway, I'll jump off my soapbox. So those are the red chip players. Let's jump now to 
the blue chip guys. And there's quite a few. And I don't care if people argue with me or not. Um, I have Dre Greenlaw. I'm, I'm the president of the fan club. Okay? I get it. I know I'm biased. I, I love this guy. And again, for the Patreon members, I just finished a 40-minute breakdown on Dre Greenlaw. Uh, a lot of people on Patreon said it was their best one, the best one that we've done yet. So if you want to check it out, it's completely free. Head over there. I love Dre Greenlaw. I love him. I, I've seen every single play he's done from the season several times. The kid doesn't make mistakes. Uh, he's really damn good. And so I have him as the number eight overall inside linebacker. Now, I counted the outside linebackers, guys like TJ Watt, uh, Khalil Mack, whatever. I counted them as edge players. I don't put them in this category. Okay, So I have Dre Greenlaw as the number eight guy, um, and, and I might be low on him. I, I want to move him up more. I'm going to be really honest. I, I love this kid. I really, really do. Now, I have Fred Warner <laughs> right ahead of him at number five. So the fact that the 49ers have two inside linebackers in the top eight, it's stupid. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, obviously just through, you know, <laughs> looking at this and who's not there, Quan Alexander didn't make this list. I have him as number 19 uh, from the linebacker's perspective. So the fact that you have number five, number eight, and number 19, that's just crazy. Uh, it. It's crazy to me, um, I, and I think Drake Greenlaw has the highest ceiling out of anybody in this group. Uh, I really, really love him. Uh, he, he's he's amazing. He, he's he's turning into my favorite player on this damn team, but that's okay. Um, back to other players. Now let's look at cornerback. Man, you know I keep going through the list, and I'm like, man, who played the best last year, and who uh, is kind of on this trend. I get what happened to Richard Sherman that one play in the Super Bowl. I get it. Yeah. He got shook by, uh, what's his name? Sammy Watkins. I get it. I still have Richard Sherman as the number three cornerback. Is that going to last? Is Sherman going to fall off a cliff? Who knows? I think with this defense and the defensive line and with his understanding of the game, you look at him getting an interception in the divisional game, an interception in the NFC Championship. Uh, the dude's got four career postseason interceptions. He's got more interceptions in the postseason than a lot of corners get their entire career. Um, I have him number three. The only two corners I have ahead of him are Stephen Gilmore and Tredavious White. That's it. Um, that's it for me. Now, there's a lot of talent. You can talk about Jalen Ramsey. You can talk about Chris Harris. You can talk about Casey Hayward. You can talk about Marshawn Lattimore. I get it. I'd prefer to have Richard Sherman for the 2020 season uh, over those other guys. Um, that's just the way I see it. I get it. A lot of people are going to disagree with that, but even if you don't like Richard Sherman, you have to have him in the top 10. You have to, you want to take somebody like Marlon Humphrey over Richard Sherman. I don't think anybody in the NFL would, um, again, his age, <laughs> he's never won with speed, but we'll just have to see what happens there. But I have Richard Sherman, number three, and then back to the edge position, Nick Bosa, baby. Nick Bosa, I have number two overall from the edge position, and this is somewhat reflected um, from, well, actually, you look at Vegas odds, Nick Bosa is rated as the number one as far as chances to become defensive player of the year. He's ahead of Von Miller, he's ahead of Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, he's ahead of all those guys. Uh, but for me, I have Chandler Jones one, Nick Bosa two, Von Miller three, Cam Jordan four, uh, Joey Bosa, the brother five, then Khalil Mack. So uh, just to show you where I have him, I have him number two overall. Uh, no doubt, Nick Bosa could be the best defensive player. Nick Bosa could be a damn MVP. <laughs> I, I put this out there as a joke. Uh, I think I put $5 down for Nick Bosa to win the MVP. And if he won, I think it was like... Fifty thousand is like five thousand dollars or something like something crazy. I did it a little bit as a joke, but I thought it was funny. Um, there's a world <laughs> where you could see Nick Bosa just go off, and I don't think we'll have another defensive MVP in a long time. But take that for what you want. Now, staying with the edge position, D Ford. You know, if we would have done this list a year ago, I think D Ford would have been top eight for the edge. Uh, but he slipped all the way down to seventeen. Um, for me there and so he, he's down there a ways you know he's in that Brandon Graham Frank Clark Max Crosby uh, type area but that's what I got and then it, when you look at coach Kyle Shanahan I have him as number five overall um, 
you know, the coaches I had ahead of them, Belichick, Reed, John Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Kyle Shanahan. You know, that that's the order in which I have them. So it, whenever you look at that, it, you know, you break down what we have. We have eight blue chip players, seven red chip players. That's 15. Back to where we started with Scott Pioli. You know, this team, this roster is Super Bowl caliber worthy. You know, we, we didn't talk about Javon Kinlaw. We didn't talk about Brandon Ayuk. You know, we didn't talk about those guys, but, man, there's just so much depth there. DJ Jones, there's so many guys <laughs> that can go out and play. And so we'll have to see what that looks like. But I, I think this was a fun exercise. You know, I haven't done all the other teams, but once I finish my positional rankings, you know, down to the end, I think I'll be able to kind of go through and see what other teams are like that. You know, my guess is probably the Saints are going to be up there at the top. Um, yeah, probably the Saints and the Minnesota Vikings as far as the NFC goes. Um, now, let's go to a couple questions. So if you guys want to tag me in a question on wherever you are, uh, I'll try my hardest to get to it real quick. I, I love this comment real quick from Nate. Uh, he said, we're going to have Manscaped tarps all over Levi's. And I think you're exactly right because the 49ers agreed with the partnership with Manscaped, which if you've been around the podcast long enough, you know, they always like to uh, chime in with some awesome reads about shaving your balls. I, I think that is a, <laughs> a thing for sure. All right, let's see here. Michael uh, over on hot Mike, he says, will there be a COVID-19 injury concept for NFL teams? Unlike IR, maybe they can get them back in two to four weeks. Well, they did up, the designated return from IR, it was two, now it's three. So you can have three guys come back from IR, which is huge. But there hasn't. this has not leaked from the NFL office yet. You know, the transition between 53 to 55 roster spots has taken place. Uh, there is a larger practice squad as well. And so I think they're just trying to act like, now oh, we've already added extra spots. Um, and so that's kind of where they're at. So I don't think that this is going to happen. I hope that they do because there's going to be players on every team that gets sick. That's going to happen. And if you're sick, guess what? You're out. You miss two to three games. Minimum. Now, here's another question from Nate. Um, Prime Kaepernick or Jimmy Garoppolo, who is better? I think we have to say right now uh, Kaepernick just because of what he did in the playoffs. You go back to that playoff game versus the Packers. I don't think there's been a more dominating performance from the quarterback position um, where he rushed for like 200 yards or whatever. So I think prime cap has the lead, but I think Jimmy's a better quarterback for sure. Um, so I think prime cap currently over Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy's only had one year full starting. Um, so I, his ceiling is pretty high, uh, but that's just me. Uh, what do I think about Cam to the Patriots? Here's the deal about the Patriots. They're some damn cheaters. They are very savvy. They're almost politician savvy. Because what happened was the NFL came down with their ruling on the Patriots filming practices. Okay? They're filming the freaking Bengals. All right? <laughs> when they weren't supposed to. They were filming the Bengals practice. This isn't the first time they've been caught cheating. This isn't the second time they've been caught cheating. This isn't the third time they've been caught they cheat, period, okay? So the penalty was was like $1.1 million. They lose a 2021 third-round draft pick, and they're not allowed to film any games, uh, the Patriots uh, game crew, uh, video crew. They can't film anything. And so right before, they asked the NFL, when are you going to release this information so we can get out ahead of it? They tell them, what do the Patriots do? They leak that they signed Cam Newton five minutes, five minutes before the NFL released uh, the punishment for all this stuff. And so you talk about a PR campaign to the extreme. And we'll talk about Cam Newton in a second, but it's just the Patriots' way of getting ahead of the narrative, and it's the magician's hot assistant, right? And so the magi magician's doing his trick here, but everybody's looking over the hot girl with no clothes on, so that he can do whatever it is he wants. That's what that's what I think about this. Now, Cam Newton signs for the minimum, the vet minimum, which is sad. Uh, you know, former MVP, you know, four short years ago, uh, four or five years ago. Um, I, I think they got a really good deal. 
He can max out with incentives seven and a half million, but that's only if he starts. They've said it no guaranteed playing time, and he's got to fight for it. I think the Patriots love Jared Stidham. I think Jared Stidham's going to get the first crack at this. Um, but here's what I do think: the plethora of quarterbacks in the NFL right now is at an all-time high. Because, and I, I think I've mentioned this before. Because if you look at you know Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, you've got these Matt Stafford you could throw in there, whatever. You've got these four to five starters in the NFL that are pat, like in their 40s or past it, right? They're all going to retire at some point. Whenever that happens, the scarcity at the position is going to resume. I don't think Cam Newton is in the long-term plans of the Patriots. But what I do think, they have insurance now in competition at the quarterback position. It definitely improves the Patriots' chances of making the playoffs. But what's going to happen is they're just going to let Cam Newton walk. And whenever he walks and signs a deal... For $12 million a year, $16 million a year, they're going to get that comp pick. So the Patriots lose a third-round pick in 2021. Well, guess what? They're going to get a comp pick back when Cam Newton signs somewhere else for $10-plus million. So I think it's genius. You know, I have Belichick as my number one coach in my coaching rankings. I think he's that good. But just so sleazy, man. Just so sleazy. Uh, just Just dirty. Uh, what they do. Uh, who who has to film the Bengals practice? And you know if they're filming the Bengals practice, they're filming the other ones too. They just got caught. It wasn't like it was an accident. This is a team with Spygate. Um, anyway, it's what it is. Uh, blue chip kittle all day. I love it, man. Um, really, really glad, Mark. Holy crap, John, you exist. Yeah, it's been a rough time. Um, you know, trying to... During the season and during, you know, the draft, it, the the content writes itself and I do all my work, but when we're in the dead period, you're just creating stuff. And so whenever you create things like this, well, guess what? You got to go through every single position in the NFL and rank all these positions at least top 15 for every position group. That takes a lot of time. I know the 49ers, but I got to go back and watch film and all these things. So it takes a lot long time. Um, and again, uh, we are going to be having our Emmanuel Mosley breakdown on Patreon uh, coming this week as well. Oh, and shoot, might as well say this. Uh, just got off the phone with two of my favorite 49ers follows. Uh, the fourth in gold, Matt Barr and Javier Vega. Um, Javi Vega, they're going to be joining us um, this week. So we're going to be doing a joint podcast, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, more than likely, you already follow them. But if you don't, or if you do, go give them a hard time on Twitter and uh, let them know. Uh, John Chapman said, heard you guys are doing a joint venture and uh, make fun of them a little bit, but not too hard. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun. So, all right, here we go. Let's get to a couple other questions before I jump off there. Man, love seeing everybody on here. This is awesome. It, this, this is pretty cool. I miss you guys too. From Sergio. Uh, just want to say I received my Kinlaw portrait and stickers. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sergio and the Countdown crew. If you guys want to win this week's, it's going to be giving away the next podcast. So uh, make sure you hit that notification bell. Uh, I've already got tallied the podcast so far, which we haven't had that many. But um, yeah, let, let's do this. Russ, appreciate it. What's up, Big John Chapman? Nice to catch you live. Glad you are here, Russ. Really do appreciate it as well. Here's another question from Jeremy. What are the Niners' options if Santa Clara won't let the Niners start with the NFL saying teams have to be in their facilities? Yeah, so this has been a, a problem. Um, I don't think – I think we're to the point now where Santa Clara in California is going to allow this to happen. But let's just say hypothetically they do not. Um, it's going to be relatively easy to get uh, another facility to play in a neutral site outside of the state of California whether that's somewhere in Vegas, you go to Arizona, someplace close, uh, like, shoot, Boise, right? So Idaho, their numbers have been descending uh, from COVID. Like, you could go play at Boise, which would be ugly with that turf and whatever, but that's just an example. So someplace that's going to be close where you don't have to travel far, open-air stadium, um, I think that there's going to be some options available there. Um, I don't think the NFL is going to allow no football to happen. Um, you know, you look at when COVID hit – it was like a week before free agency and everybody was like the players association were like, Hey, can we pause this? And the NFL's like, Nope, <laughs> we're moving ahead. Money, 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 money. That is what matters. And again, perfect position. 
for the NFL. Because you have baseball, you have basketball, you have soccer overseas. They're hashing all this out. So the NFL is able just to sit back, fat cat style, and just allow other people to make mistakes, learn from those, and move forward. Football is happening. NFL football, not high school football. My son is uh, upset and going to be more upset. Um, so here we go. Another question right here. Um, your thoughts on Patriots? Yes, yeah, Spygate. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, I, I think they should have lost more, but uh, this is what the fifth time the Patriots have been punished by the front office. It, it's habitual. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to do it. Uh, they're going to keep cheating. It's. It's what it is. So it's. It's what it is. I. I think. <laughs> I think that they are going. For sure. So uh, here we go. Uh, last one from Niner Drag. Do you have a contract max for Kittle? Okay, this is good. Or do you pay him what he wants? Because if he gets a big contract, does that affect the energy around the team? Yet, yeah. here's the thing. When people get paid, true f- people love it. <laughs> Everybody wants to see their friends get paid. It, they, the the idea of seeing somebody get low, like paid and again let's talk about Kittle okay the top contract right now at the tight end positions Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper which is just over ten million ten and a half million just to make it easy all right usually when a new player at that position that's at the top of the position signs that you're talking about a fifteen to twenty percent increase okay so from ten million to twelve million that's usually what happens that's not enough because the tight end position hasn't been reset in a long time. And so whenever you're talking about Kittle, if you're just looking at numbers, you're thinking $12 million. That's not going to do it, okay? Because Kittle's so much more than that. So now you're going to bump that. Let's say you just double the 20%. So you go from $10 million to $12 million to $14 million. Now I think you're in the area. But I still don't think it's enough. You know, a lot of people are throwing around that $18 million number. It, does Kittle deserve it? Hell yeah, he does. Will he get it? I don't think so. And maybe if this was a normal year with without COVID and without, you know, worrying about the future cap, here's what I think will happen. I think that the deal's going to get done probably the first month of the season. Okay. We're talking weeks two, three, or four. Once NFL teams have a little bit of a handle on what revenue is going to look like next year, then what I think you do is you backload it. Okay. And you do a huge guarantee. Okay, a a giant guarantee. You know, if I was negotiating with Kittle, I would do something very similar to what the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins, where they say, look, yeah, there's quarterbacks making all this money. We want to give you a fully guaranteed contract because we want you here so bad. So what if you do offer him fourteen and a half million dollars, you know, over three years or four years and you make it almost completely guaranteed? So bump that up and give him a giant signing bonus. So that you could spread that out over the course of the deal, cap-wise, right? Um, that's what I would do. So, personally, if I was, you know, in charge of the 49ers, I would turn to them and say, "Look, we're going to give you four years, fourteen and a half million dollars, and we're going to fully guarantee the first three years, fully guaranteed, and we're going to give you a giant signing bonus, probably fifteen million dollars, and we're going to spread that out. Let's say sixteen million dollars, just to make it easier. That's four million spread out over all those years. Uh, that's what I would do." Now, if the 49ers came out and said, look, we're going we're gonna to pay him what he deserves and give him $18 million, that does hurt. That means you're going to lose somebody like a Kwan Williams. That means you're going to lose somebody like a Raheem Mostert, who's up next deal. You're going to lose somebody like uh, Ronald Blair. It's simple numbers. The reason why DeForest Buckner left was you could have Buckner or you could have Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward. Like, that's basically what happened there. And Ronald Blair, to be honest with you. So do you want DeForest Buckner or do you want these other three guys? Uh, Ronald Blair, Jimmy Ward, and Eric Armstead. Plus, you get that 13th overall pick. And so it's, you know, in economics, you're always talking about the opportunity cost and what it is you lose with these decisions. And that's kind of where it is. So I'm hoping that that number is around 14 and a half to 16 million. I don't think it'd go past that, but that's just me. Um, that's just kind of where we're at. I know what you get on Twitter, man, those people get mad. <laughs> they get real bad about, you know, you say, well, Kittle should get 15 million. And then they're cussing your grandma uh, the next second. So that's kind of what it is. But uh, anyway, guys. 
just want to say thank you. It's been fun to be back. Man, we're going at almost an hour now. This is great. This is awesome. But uh, I'll have some more stuff for you later this week. Again, as I said, go give uh, Matt Barr and Javi um, a shout-out. Tell them uh, 49ers Rush Podcast. Excited to have them um, and welcome them, and we'll be back with that one. So appreciate it, guys. Thanks for everything. And as always, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.